listening to What We Watch After Dark, a podcast where me, Jenny, and my husband, Nathan, talk about what we watch after the kid goes to bed. What do we watch tonight? Tonight we watched uh, Kimmy by Steve Somberg, um, produced, uh, not, not produced, but it was released on HBO Max. And it was a combined effort with New Line Video. This, of course, he is a master filmmaker. He he really is. Um, he's done a ton of stuff. He's always working. Yeah, that's what uh, it looks like. This film was something of a real good mix for him. See, you're familiar with Magic Mike. And you're familiar with... All, all the Ocean's... All the oceans. 11, 12, 13. Yeah. I'm familiar with some of his earlier stuff. Sex, Lies, and Videotapes. I believe there was one called Adam and Eve. Uh, I might have that name wrong. I'm talking about an experimental film. This movie is not for one watching. First off. We haven't... We, we, for, this is our fresh reaction to the first time either one of us have seen this. Yeah, this was just released in 2022. It was, but he made a movie this time for a, at least a filmmaker and me to go back and say, I need to see that again. There are elements of Hitchcock in here. There's elements of, well, I mean, just his own style, the... the the process that he was using for editing was apparent, you know, and, and everything. This is when I talk about a wooden palette and your paint and your canvas. He is a master. I, I could not agree more. I really uh, enjoyed it. And I definitely picked up, even though I'm not a cinema, professionally trained cinema person, I definitely noticed the camera work and the the music and the sound and everything seemed very intentional. Oh, everything was a choice. Yes. And and that's what a movie is about, is the choices. But I felt like the actors were given uh, enough room to do their choice for what they needed to do acting-wise. I mean, Zoe Kravis... Is is uh is the one that plays Angela in the movie? Yeah, I guess we probably ought to give a quick uh, synopsis. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so Angela plays a tech who is listening to different streams from a Kimmy, which is like uh Alexa or Siri, and then goes through and chooses how to fix if the machine didn't quite understand what was being asked of it and she overhears what she thinks is at first a sexual assault and then as she listens more she realizes there's a murder and so it's just her going through the company that she works for to try to get to alert the authorities and realizing that it goes all the way to the top the music choices that he would make and how they were so fitting for what was going on. I mean, the movie, he had, he, I almost want to say it was too polished. 
I mean, you know, and I and and you know, how can you do that? I, it's like the 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 old, my only criticism was I couldn't find a problem, man. <laughs> right there, there wasn't there, it, and like I was saying before, this is a movie. At least for me, if to to fully enjoy it, I'll have to watch like two, three, four times before I even catch it. Mm-hmm. What's beautiful about this movie is he's also a director, and and he his editor know when to cut. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is this movie was only an hour and thirty minutes. It did. I got lost in the time. I don't feel like it went long, but at the same token, there is so much visually crammed into this thing, it's unbelievable. I mean, there's a mixture of, uh, I, I, I feel like Kimmy, um, at one point is like, um, the same kind of character that, and there's a movie called The Phone, and it's where this woman, the phone, she's scared of the phone ringing and, and the voice on the other side. Mm-hmm. And most of the film is silent. And when Kimmy is not active, there was a silence. There was a definite, you know. Yeah, whenever um, Angela had anything over her ears, it was just all of a sudden, all the background noise went away. It's a very, like, sudden silence. I mean, yeah. I think... Now, I mean, I am, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite films, but I am knocked off my feet on, yeah. on, on the filmmaking. I cannot. I, I was very impressed as well. I was not expecting a ton out of this movie. Not, nothing against HBO, but it didn't go to the theaters. It probably did not have a big budget like some of these other big blockbuster movies. But, yeah. Well, I do think that the director prides himself on not really caring where his audience watches what they watch his movie on. And what I mean by that is you have, like, a Christopher Nolan that's going to always shoot 70 millimeter. And it's always going to meant to be on the IMAX. Well, I'm going to start back with the editing, okay? Yeah. One of the things that I loved is how he used when she was drugged. Or she was empathizing with what was going on in the murder. That it was, you know, two images which were um, opaque to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like laid on top of each other. Yeah. What I thought was that was such a good way to show us in her head. Mm-hmm. Was to show us... It, it, it was even a... It was a very artistic way of point of view. I mean, it's, if, I mean, I hate to say this, but I've been real, real drunk before. And to the point where, you know, it was obscene. And I mean, the people that know what obscene drinking is, know. My point being is, is I've been so drunk that I couldn't open my eyes, but I could hear everything around me. You know, I could hear my friends, and it was as if I wasn't there, but I was. And I felt like he got that kind of visually 
through. And it's something that you don't think can be described. Yeah, I guess we, we one thing we did fail to mention in the synopsis is um, she does have angoraphobia, where she is deathly afraid to leave her apartment and well and, and crowds. the film gives us gives us hints through the therapist that she had been getting better before the pandemic yeah because this is technically i mean it was it was actually filmed during the pandemic but then it makes references to it throughout the film people are wearing masks so i think that's kind of interesting Somebody that's agoraphobic gets nervous around other people, crowds of people. Mm-hmm. And it's something I have, you know, myself in the sense of I don't like large crowds. I don't usually go places. And so I can empathize with that a lot. Even I liked Zoe's uh, performance because down to her hands, she always had, in my opinion, when she was running, her hands were kind of... Her hands and arms were, I don't know what I'm talking about now, but... Uh, but even when she puts on hand sanitizer, yeah, she, yeah, always she always has to, like... them out. Yeah. You know, fan them out. And so... And, like, when she left her apartment the first time, the music was very anxious. The camera was shaking. We felt that anxiety. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and you notice that the hall is this... Like yellow puke almost. I mean, it's just as undesirable while still being acceptable for being in that building. Yeah. Like an older building. Like, well, it was like it was painted in the 70s that had had a good once over. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, this um, movie takes place in Seattle, Washington. And all the outside shots were shot in Seattle. Inside shots were shot in L.A., but... Well, that's interesting. And the funny thing is, is they were trying to capture the raininess, dreariness of Seattle. But when they filmed, it was unseasonably sunny the entire time. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's a rain shot in there. Nope. (laughs) And... Actually, usually they went down to give, and that might be a, a choice again. Yeah. They went down a street usually for when you're filming to give it a little bit more look, uh, um, almost a, a blank mirroring, if you will. But they didn't do that in this film. Uh, not even, and, and they'll do it even during the day. I mean, you if you start looking at at films and. I don't, it might not be as much today as it used to be, but back in my day when I was watching these these things a lot more often, as I am venturing back into watching movies, you know, one of the things that I always kind of noticed was the street would be wet, and that was for the camera, and that was for you know the look of it, uh, giving uh, especially if you had neon lights or something to that measure. Compared compared to the other, I would say, experimental film, I'd say this is a little experimental in the sense of he really tried some definite choices that all of them seemed to work. Mm-hmm. Her apartment to uh, the office building she has to go to mm-hmm. and noticing, you know... It's also, I mean, this movie has so much because it's warning. Uh, 
It's a warning towards what, I mean, yes, everything is listening to us and we know that. And, uh, you know, you know, there are people out there that will take errors and whatnot and, and try to fix those just like her job was. But even when she went to go enter the office building and she had to use a retina scan, she asked the lady she was going to go see, why do y'all have my retina scan on file? I never gave that to y'all. And she's like, you agreed to it. When you agreed to download this software, the video sharing software or whatnot. So, and she's like, well, nobody ever reads those things. And that's the darn truth. Nobody does read those things. And who knows whatever, what all people are agreeing to to let people spy on and listen to and everything else. Well, it's like they say, the devil's in the details. You know, if you don't read the details of it, man. I mean, we're, there are, there's been, in history, there's been people, programmers and stuff that have written these things up that, that will say straight up like, uh, yeah, we're going to take your soul. And they might be kidding, but it's to prove that nobody's reading this. I think there actually was one that had a part that said, if you call this phone number and you're the first one to call the phone number, you get X amount of money. But you had to read the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know. And I think this guy, you know, it took like three I mean, after the release, it took like a really long time and they ended up paying out after somebody finally read it. But it's, yeah, none of us read that. None of us. And, and, you know, they've got, and the tech companies are so far ahead of where the consumer is. It's scary. Well, what I wonder is, when they referenced that Amazon had a problem with Alexa picking up something and there was a big trial and about a murder and all that, you have to wonder what are all these different things picking up? Do they pick up people getting murdered if they happen to mention Alexa as they're getting murdered? I don't know. Well, and one of the things I think you have to think about what, with these devices that, you know, like Siri or uh, Alexa or Kimmy in the movie is that they are constantly recording. They're even in, even in the quiet, you know, because to activate them, you have to say, you know, Kimmy do whatever or Siri do this. And, but it's actively recording. Because it wants the five seconds before you even say that. So to me, the only way that they could do that would be to record the whole thing and then trash what, you know, the silence through a computer program, I'm sure of some kind. But this movie scares the bejesus out of me (laughs) in some ways. I mean, it's a true horror film for me. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, I, I didn't. She wasn't. She wasn't a germaphobe. I don't think. I think she was more agoraphobic because the one thing I couldn't get over was the sex scene. Okay, there's my problem right there. And again, I bring it up. Maybe, man. And I'm dirty usually. I mean, but lately I've been seeing these, and I 
Yeah, I you know, I agree. I don't think there was any reason for her to get plowed. Yeah. Yeah. Unless except to show that she was, I guess, somewhat close to the guy across the way. But he doesn't even like come to save her. The kind of creepy guy in the window across the way came and saved her. Yeah, but in and I like how she she already had a stalker. Yeah. You know, I mean, and if it wasn't for a stalker, she'd be dead. So, eh, you yeah. know. Um, but I think all in all, Kimmy was uh, something that I'll probably have to go back and watch. And to get every piece. I mean, there's so many layers. And you don't have to have four hours you right. don't have to have these long ass movies, you know. I mean, I really feel like I mean, I I enjoy and can sit through a two hour movie. I I can do that, mm-hmm. or an hour or an hour and forty five minutes. But once you start hitting two fifteen, two thirty three, you know, it's just like I'm gonna wait for it to come home so I can pause it and you know uh, lay the eggs if I need to or whatever. I mean. So, now, what kind of stars would you give this? Um, I honestly, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, I would give it a four and a half out of five. I agree. I agree. The, the only thing I didn't understand was the... And I'll even say it's probably because I need to go back and watch the film... But the only thing I saw was the sex scene, and I just was like, you know, thanks for showing us, you know, the boobies. What? Not really needed, though. Yeah. Yeah, not needed. I mean, you know. I mean, I guess it just shows that she doesn't mind people coming into her apartment. She just doesn't want to leave her apartment. Would you recommend this movie to others? Certain people, yes. I mean, if if you're... An all action man, or, or you know, the only movies that you watch are rom coms or something like that. Then, you know, for for gender, uh, it's not gender, for genre specific people, uh, no. But if you have uh, a willingness to want to be taken on this huge ride, yeah, it's, it's truly a journey. This this is as close, like I said, it was squeaky clean good. And wrapped it all up in the end. I didn't feel like anything really dragged out too long. Well, see, and he even was like, you know, it. there were parts of it that reminded me of Sex, Lies, and Videotapes. There were parts of it, which is an 80s film that he did. I mean, and mm-hmm. so what I'm getting at was, his. it is him. It is his stroke of, of paint. That's really working. Yeah. I love this film. Yeah, no, I totally And agree. I would suggest it if, if, if you're into, especially if you're a film student. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much in there. It's just unbelievable. Are you looking for something like a little different? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it was more than just a little, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, you ready for some uh, fun facts? Sure. All right. So, Betsy Brantley, the voice of Kimmy, 
is the ex-wife of Steven Soderbergh. Oh. And I know you had mentioned earlier that his wife, or I guess now ex-wife, plays a, po- a part usually in his movies. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the voice of Kimmy. And um, another interesting fact is that Steven Soderbergh also directed the movie Contagion back in 2011, which a lot of people, when the pandemic started, compared the pandemic to what he had in his movie, Contagion. And now he's directing this one, which is filmed during the pandemic. <laughs> well, it's it's almost... It, it goes from mid-pandemic to, at the end of the movie, they're post-pandemic. You know, to a degree. Yeah, like I know some of the people in the in the office were still wearing masks, but some were not and stuff. So it's not like everybody was masked up, quarantined at home. It was like the quarantine had just been lifted. All right. Next week, we will be watching... This Means War on Amazon. This Means War on Amazon. Have no idea what it's about. Me neither. We'll figure it out next Saturday. Thanks for listening. Uh, Remember that this... uh, Why don't you go ahead and give the rundown of the... Yeah, so every Monday we're going to be releasing our next episodes. And we also have an email address. If you have any suggestions of stuff you'd like us to watch or any kind of questions or for us or anything like that, you can write into what we watch after dark at gmail.com. Thanks again. Thank Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening.